Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time for another edition of the Curtain Call podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. As always, I am joined by the film guru of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really good. I'm excited for today's show, Mike. Oh, I am too. We're, we're talking uh, punters. It doesn't get better than that, especially uh, with our guest today, a uh, special guest from literally from the rumble seat. That is Georgia Tech's SB Nation site. Uh, Nishant uh, Prasad. I, got, I think I got it right this time. Uh, you again, you thank, you, thank you for uh, your time tonight. How's it going? Not too bad. How are y'all doing? Quite well, I'd say. Um, really to just jump into things right away. Uh, the Steelers drafted with their last pick in the 2021 NFL draft. One Mr. Presley Harvin third, probably the biggest punter anyone's ever seen. Uh, could you just uh, kind of tell us a little bit more about him and uh, what kind of uh, player the Steelers just got? Yeah, of course. I mean, maybe the best way to say it is just that, you know, if you had access to um, the Slack channel that we use on our site, uh, you would have seen how excited we were to see that he got taken. Because this is, uh, Presley is, um, I mean, one, he's an amazing punter. I just, we have, he's had a lot of opportunities um, to punt over the last few years. That should tell you something about how our team has been. And for the punter to be one of the most popular and arguably the best player on the team in that time is, you know, it's not, it's not just about the team. It's about how good he is. Um, He's got a booming leg. He's a really good guy on and off the field, a leader on the team. Um. You know, it's I, I know it's it's weird. Like, how do you get excited about drafting a punter? But I mean, the best I can say is that y'all got a good one here. So what are his best attributes as a punter when he's actually punting the ball? What's what's he best for? Sure. I mean, the biggest thing is just he's got a booming leg. I mean, I think his long was this past season was something like 70 yards. And to be honest, I don't remember how much of that was airtime versus roll, but he can hit it a good 50, 60 yards in the air. And he's just um I think that's the biggest thing you're getting is um, he's like, he can get a lot of power behind it. Um, I think if he had a child, if he had an issue over his career, it was just that, you know, maybe a little more prone to shank one than some others. Um, but, you know, a- again, it wasn't that, it wasn't that common for it to happen. Um, he, I believe led either the ACC or the country in punting average this past year. So, you know, in the end he was a good one. And Hey, if you ever need him to run a fake, he once threw a touchdown pass against Miami and it was a dime. So, Oh yeah, that clip definitely circled the rounds a few times uh, once uh, that pick was announced. But I guess that kind of leads nicely in, in my next question for you: Is there one specific Presley Harvin moment that kind of sticks out most in your mind? It's got to be that touchdown pass, and I know that's um, it's yeah again. Uh, but it just seeing a punter do that, and the fact that it was in a win over Miami was just awesome. But. Um, beyond that, um, you know, I wish I could point to one specific punt and just say, oh man, how did he do that? But, uh, maybe the one that comes to mind is I think it was that 70 yard punt against UCF last year. Like this was a game where tech was kind of in it for a while and then became overmatched against a pretty good UCF team. But, you know, when you're able to flip the field like that, you know, back deep in your own territory and just punt it 50, 60 yards and, you know, essentially back them up, it was, I, I say it's hard to point to one specific one because he did it quite a few times for us. And yeah, again, it just, it would have made a much rougher time without him being able to pin teams deep like that. One of the, one of the things with punters is obviously people don't view them as being like that important to a team. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, his, his highest number of punts 
was 80, which means like for he had a great impact, but it was for 80 plays over the course of a 12 game season. Like, mm-hmm. how valuable are they? And I wanted to ask you is there a game you can think of that stands out in, in his playing time there where you're like, you know what? With a lesser punter, we probably lose that game that, you know, a game that we won. You know, I wish there was one I could point to specifically. Um, if I looked back on his stats from that Miami game, like even setting aside um, the, you know, even setting aside his um, like pat- prolific passing in that game, I'm pretty sure he had one or two in that one that helped to sort of push Miami back because that was certainly a, that that was the first big win of the Jeff Collins tenure. And it was one where like all three phases of the game were necessary. So, um, yeah, sorry. I wish I could point to one specific game offhand. It's just not coming to me right this minute. But, um, yeah, it's I mean, as you said, like he punted 80 times this past year, which not a lot of plays in the aggregate. But for a punter, that's a lot of times to be on the field. And there were very few times when you know, he didn't really deliver when he was out there. Now, punters today, like I'd say if you describe one as like the average punters, it's typically like this Australian, lanky, just uh, super Caucasian person. And then you have Presley Harvin, an African-American built like Mm -hmm. a linebacker. What was your first thought when you saw him take the field? Were you like, wow, this completely shatters barriers of punters that I've thought of for my entire life, really? So it's interesting uh, because he's not even the first black punter to take the field for Georgia Tech in the last like 20, 25 years. Um, uh, Tech had a guy named Rodney Williams back in, I want to say the early 2000s, um, who I believe also went on to play in the NFL. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I mean, as you say, he there, there are so many stereotypes that um, he breaks just by, you know, being on the field as a punter. Uh, I can't remember when it came out. I think it was around, um, when the Ray Guy award was about to be announced, but there was an article published in the undefeated that kind of looked at just, you know, how, you know, why are there so few black specialists in the game? And one of the case studies they looked at was Harvin and they talked about how, um, you know, when he was a prospect in school, he was, he looked at, um, he was a good enough athlete to play, you know, any, any other position. So they were like, yeah, do you want to play running back linebacker or something else? And he actually, I believe in high school had a talk with his parents and came to, he came to the decision that he wanted to stay a punter because it seemed like his best path to a long NFL career where, you know, if you play a linebacker, you're going to be beaten up on every single play. Um, Maybe your earning potential is higher, but if you actually want to last for a decade, if you can be a good punter, that's your road to success. So I mean, as far as what he was like on campus, I mean, I think as soon as he took the field, um, you know, he just, like I said, he breaks the mold so much that it was just, oh man, what can this guy do? And within his first few punts, we, you could just see his potential with how far he was booming it. And, you know, by the end, he was a fan favorite. So the story writes itself. Now he has a pretty de-solid reputation, uh, both off the field and with his work ethic. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've heard some coaches and players say that, that he is, works harder uh, than any other kicker or punter that like that they've they've been around. Uh, can you speak to that at all? Can you, can you say what uh, you've heard about that or, or what people know about that? I mean, yeah, the like everything you've described is essentially the reputation he has on campus. He's not the most you know outgoing, gregarious guy, um, but he's one of those guys who you know he just he comes to work, he gets the job done. Uh, it's quiet leadership is the best way I describe it. Um, you know, it, it's. 
been a weird uh, few years for specialist attack. We've just we've struggled with the kicking game ever since Harrison Butker left. Um, so it's been nice to have at least one specialist who's been reliable. And yeah, I've never heard a bad thing about him off the field. He's just you know get he's gotten along with all his teammates. He's never been in even a hint of trouble. So you know certainly coming out of tech, there was no you know, not even a hint of a warning sign. So the Steelers uh, ask more out of their punters than just punting the ball. Of course, uh, they want them to be involved in holding duties. I, I, and mm-hmm. I know some teams across the NFL have their punters doing kickoffs. It, it, did he uh, hold the ball on uh, on field goals? And did he ever take the field for any other situations? Or has he strictly been a punter? He was the holder. So he was the holder on the field goal unit at times. And I'm racking my brain to think exactly when in his career he was. I do remember one instance where they actually had him run a fake um, where he just took the snap, a direct snap and ran as the holder. Um, It didn't work, but you know, it wasn't (laughs) his fault. Um, He actually, strangely, I don't believe he ever did kickoffs for us, which is kind of odd with, um, you know, how strong his leg is. I think it might've just been a more, you know, a choice to just let, um, you know, have kickers focus on that. Um, Actually, I, do, I say I don't believe that, and now I'm starting to question whether that's true. Uh, I might even try to go check his stats to be sure. But, um, yeah, I believe he just focused on punting um, while he was there. And, um, sorry, I, I stumbled over my train of thought. Um, yeah, it was kind of strange. I mean, you know, there were even times where, like, so for the last couple of years um, at Tech, and, you know, this isn't of as much interest to y'all, I guess, but we had a really bad kicking situation where just, you know, the Coach Collins didn't even really trust his kickers from beyond about 30 yards. And so, you know, internally we wondered, why don't you just send Presley out there? He might not have ever placed kicks, but give him a try. So they never did. But, hmm. you know, all that to say, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why he couldn't do that, but why he couldn't do kickoffs or spend a lot of time holding. Um wouldn't surprise me if, if he ends up being the holder for y'all, um, but he doesn't have much kickoff experience that I know of. Gotcha. Okay. I actually looked up his numbers from that Georgia Tech game, from the Georgia Tech-Miami game, mm-hmm. uh, and outside of that pass, he had six punts for 273 yards, averaged 45.5 awesome. yards per punt. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a, game that, in a game that Tech took him to overtime, that touchdown pass and six – Really good punts, probably. Yeah, that's that's a win that you can definitely say the punter had a huge part in. Yeah, it's uh, it's like I said, that particular game it just stands out because it's maybe the only bright spot we've had in two years. But um, yeah, it was definitely an all phases experience. So um, I I think I don't think we had any field goals in that game. So yeah, it really was just yeah, you know, he threw that pass, but really it was just pin him downfield as much as you can because Miami was very mistake prone that day. Uh, one more question for me, Nishant, before we let you out of here. Um, sure. W- were you surprised that he was drafted, or was that something everyone was kind of expecting? You know, it was it was kind of on the fence going in. Um, you know, obviously we were hoping he would he would be picked. Um, I think in our yeah, if you ask anyone on our staff, we think he's the best. I think everyone would say he's the best punter in the country. But there were other guys who had a claim to it. I mean, to be completely fair. Um, the other two guys he beat out for the Ray guy, uh, Jake Camarda and Lou Headley, were both very good punters. Um, there were I remember seeing him listed as the fourth or fifth punter in some draft pre-draft rankings. And, you know, how often do you see four or five punters go in a draft? So, 
you know, we were braced for the possibility that he might not go. And as we drifted into the two forties and so in the drafts, like, all right, um, how many of these teams left are looking for a punter, but we actually knew the Steelers were one of the teams that might be looking for one. So it's just fingers crossed. And then it happened. So, um, you know, it's like I said, not too many punters go. So I don't think it would have been, it would have been disappointing, but not shocking if he hadn't gotten drafted. Obviously very happy he's getting the opportunity in Pittsburgh. And I think he will, if y'all are already excited for him, I have a good feeling he'll live up to it. Jeffrey, is there anything else you want to add on? No, I'm good. Perfect. Uh, Nishant, uh, before you go, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, I'm not good at that part of it, but um <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, I've been writing for From the Rumble Seed for a few years. So, yeah, we've been covering the team for a while. Um, had a couple fun pieces on Presley, I think, over that time. So, um, yeah, I don't have a personal presence, so I certainly will plug anything like that. But, yeah, come check out the site if you want to see any more of what we write. Beautiful, awesome stuff. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Cheers. Thanks so much, guys. It's been fun. Yeah, see, it was our pleasure. And, of course, uh, Steeler fans, just hang tight. There's more uh, stuff we're going to get to here. Uh, and we're going to stick uh, along with the punter talk, at least for the first half of the show. Uh, and on top of that, I know uh, we will have a punting expert join us at the end of the first half of uh, the first half of the show. So um, we will get there when uh, that guest is ready. Um, that's a bit of a, a special surprise for each and every one of you out there. But Jeffrey, um, just to throw to you first, did you like the punter pick? Like, I, I know it was like the third last pick of the draft. Something like that. Uh, but uh, d- did you like the pick or do you kind of wish that they try to chase him as like undrafted guy or what, what were your overall thoughts when they took Presley Harvin third? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. But then I was a huge fan when the Steelers selected Daniel Sepulveda uh, because Fourth round. <laughs> similar, similar to Percy Harvin, he had great punts and he had incredible hang time on his punts. Uh, and then of course he gets to the NFL and, there's there's all kinds of rumors, whether it was an injury or he got like crazy in the weight room and ended up ruining like some of his form. Uh, there's all kinds of ideas about what happened to him, but it just it it was gone. He he wasn't kicking like that again. But I absolutely love Presley Harvin the third. Yeah, no, I uh, I do too. Like I should bring up the super chat first before I finish my thought. This is from Double H or I guess double HH, I guess it would be the correct way to say it. Um, the way it's written out here, he puts 1999 in the tip jar. Thank you so much for that. That's uh, that means a lot. Thank you so much. Uh, he says for the sweet lineup of this show, of course uh, we have the, the Georgia tech guy and the punting expert that Jeffrey and I are really excited about. So uh, you need to stay tuned for that. Uh, by the time we get there, it was an expensive guest. So I actually hope that he comes on and stays lives up to his word, but for Presley Harvin the third, like when they picked him, I was genuinely super excited. Uh, I hate to say it, but because he's just so different from your typical punter, and he's so good, like like his film just jumps off. Like, like when Sepulveda was drafted, did you see like were there similarities in that tape, or was it something like? Are they comparable, or is this like as good of a punting prospect as uh, Daniel Sepulveda once was? A, what a decade ago now. Okay, so I uh, I actually tried kicking in college. I went to a little tiny school, and their kicker got hurt, and like somebody knew me, and they were like, "Hey, you, you used to you know you used to play soccer," and I was like, "Yeah, my leg was was not good." 
And I pulled like pulled I pulled like three muscles on their tryout, and it was like they were like, okay, yeah, no, no to you. But I had become through that. I'd become like I'd looked into how to transfer, how to like learn how to kick, and learn how to punt. And uh, so I'd gotten into some communities that were kind of like really nerdy punting and kicking communities, and that's how I actually got excited about Daniel Sepulveda because he was like the chosen one. Like right for, for among punters because his hang time was just significantly better than everyone else's. Um, a lot of people have kind of caught up to those numbers, and you know Presley Harvin is in that territory. But at that time, Sepulveda was above everybody else. Um, so that's how I got into that. I'm still kind of a, a bit of a kicking nerd, and uh, I, I'm super excited for for Presley Harvin. One of my favorite stories, excuse me, it was from an article I read, is uh, in one of the games, he kicked a 54-yard punt. They got a two-yard return, right? So 52 net on this punt. And they got called for an illegal formation. So they get backed up, and he gets to punt it again. He kicks it 62 yards in the air. It hits at the four-yard line and bounces directly sideways, and they pin him inside the five-yard line. To make it even worse. Uh, <laughs> and they were just like, they talked about like he uh, he has that kind of competitiveness. Um, and also like his talk, man, he talks like a punter. His, you can tell he really is into the technique. He's really into the work, you know, the, the you know, uh, honing his craft, you know, kind of the AV thing. He is working on his craft, always trying to get better. He talks about, you know, the sweet spot on your foot, the sweet spot on a ball how to get, you know, more out of your your B kicks and your C kicks when you don't hit it exactly right. Like, this is a guy who has put in the work, who really gets it and who really, really, you know, focuses on his craft. He's not going to be, you know, an idiot kicker, a Jeff Reed who, who gets the NFL and goes <laughs> out and drinks and gets in fights with bathroom, public bathroom equipment. He's just, I, I, I'm so pumped for this to get this guy <laughs> in here and see him punt. Uh, I'm also a big fan, as you know, of uh, punt cover teams, gunners, all that work. I love watching film on it. And he he really works hard with his gunners, with his other players, to be like where he puts it so that he he puts it in the right spot for him to make a play. Uh, he watches film on the other team's return teams and what kind of stuff they like to do. Like, this is this is the guy you want. He, he is a guy. He's going to be great. I, I can't wait for it. Man, I, we should have listed you as the punning expert on this one. That was some great insight, Jeffrey. My goodness, I'm, I'm a punning nerd. I'm not an expert. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I didn't know this though. This is good stuff. <laughs> oh man, I love. I I love. I love the idea of it because it's it's one thing, you know. You drop the ball, you swing your leg, and you've got yeah. to be better at it than everybody else, than like so many people, just to even have a chance. So I love. I love the idea of it. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree too. And bef before we pull our guest up here, is, uh, I'm not sure if, oh, never mind, the camera's working. So we are going to pull the guest up now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Pittsburgh punting expert. Uh, Jeffrey and I have been talking about doing this for a couple months. No, in, in anticipation of the show, we couldn't be more excited to bring you one Mr. Jefferson Hartman from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your senior editor and That's punting right. expert. Jeff, how are you doing tonight? I'm here for the Jordan Berry uh, hate fan club. Am I in the right spot? I'm not sure if I clicked the right link or not. <laughs> I, I, I think I think you're in the right place. 
Oh, goodness. It's, we've been looking forward to this show, and we knew it was going to be a lot of fun, especially having you on here. Just off the top, do you think there's any doubt in your mind who the starting punter is going to be this year? Or is that, that little weasel going to keep his way in Pittsburgh? Well, I mean, Weasel Boy, we thought he was going to be out of town last year. And, you know, the Weasels find their way back. I mean, they're tough to get rid of. And, you know, we, they bring in Colquitt. Everyone's like, yay. I mean, I think I wanted to headline the Cuts article with Jordan Berry is finally gone. <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, but still, <clears throat> I don't know. If it doesn't happen this year, you have to wonder if it ever will. And I'm sick of the excuse of, well, he's a holder for Chris Boswell. I mean, my gosh, someone can a backup quarterback. Get Mason Rudolph to hold. I don't care. Someone at this point in time, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. And a lot of it had to do with, I, I really like the punter. I like Presley Harvin, big press as I call him because he's a monster in the weight room. Like this isn't just the fact that he's a punter that could replace Jordan Berry. It's also the fact that I like everything about this kid is unique. Um, everything from the fact of his, his skin color. I mean, they, that's something that is not talked about often, but he, there's not many black punters in the NFL um, ever since, uh, oh, who's the guy, the Raiders? You always wanted to bring him back. Market Michael. King. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, since he left, I don't think there are any more. And that's, that's not a racist thing. That's just a factual thing. Um, at the same time, you look at, he's 250 pounds. Uh, and the guy squatted like 600 something, <laughs> I don't know if it's 600 pounds. I mean, he's huge. He's awesome. Uh, when you hear guys like Pat McAfee, which I know Steelo chick is talking about in the live chat right now, he, he's definitely touting this guy as a really good kicker. Uh, I'm hopeful that the Steelers could finally have a punter that rivals people like Sam cook of the, of the Ravens. And I, I live in Maryland, so I have to watch a lot of the Ravens games. And not only that, I want to watch the Ravens games. I don't know how many times this guy has done this to the Steelers and so many other teams where you're like, oh, okay, they've got him pinned back there. The, the, the opposition is going to have great field position, 65-yard punt, and they flip the field, and then they're screwed in their own zone. And you're like, what the heck? The Steelers have never had that as long as I can remember. Not Sepulveda, not Josh Miller. I'm sure Jeffrey Benedict will bring up some unobscure punter from Steelers past. <laughs> but still, when was the last time they had a good punter? I can't remember. Yeah, well, actually – this is something I wanted to talk to you about because we we're we're talking here with the uh, president of the Jordan Berry <laughs> Anti Fan Club. Yes, um, hate club. Jordan Berry, do you know where he ranks all time for for punting with the Steelers? Very high, very high. He is but, yeah. fourth all time. Only Craig Colquitt, Josh Miller, and Bobby Walden. People may remember him. He was uh, punted for most of the Steel Curtain days, okay. nineteen sixty eight to like seventy. 77 so he was there for most of most of those years um he's fourth and there and what stands out even better is among people with at least 100 punts for the Steelers he is third in yards per punt I believe all of that that's and honestly yeah. I, I had someone on Twitter who it always goes against me I'll say bad stuff about Jordan Berry almost daily and <laughs> this guy is always coming back he's not that bad when you look at it in Steeler history which tells you just how awful the Steelers have been as a punting organization <laughs> since 1933 uh you look at his numbers against other punters in the NFL right now and it's not very good middle of the road at yeah. best um yeah his average is okay but it's never been about the, the the leg strength. It's been about consistency. This guy is good for a shank every single game. That can't happen. That would be like a professional golfer being guaranteed to shank a ball off the tee once a round. 
Is that player yeah. going to be playing on the tour very long? I wouldn't think so. I mean, that's like Tiger Woods. Every time he gets, well, he's due for a shank once out of these 18 holes. Let's see which one it is today, folks. It's just not going to happen. He shanks one, and it always seemed to be at the very worst time. I, I think the one that comes to mind for some reason, I don't know the year if Brian or Dave were on it. Maybe you guys know. The year they lost to Tampa Bay at home, and it was a game that they never should have lost. Glennon was uh, Mike Glennon was a quarterback. Oh, yeah. The Steelers had a three and out. You're thinking, okay, there's not a lot of time left. Get a big punt. Shanks it like 15 yards. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, probably by myself, I could punt the ball further than that. Literally. I can punt it 40 yards. Sure. Maybe with some roll. But still, he punted <laughs> it like 15 yards. Don't get me started, guys. I'm just getting <laughs> <laughs> this is actually, why we wanted actually, to get you on. Ben Roethlisberger can punt better than that. Yeah, We've seen him do it. Like and he's left-footed. Gonna... He's left-footed. People don't realize that he's left foot kicks left-footed. Different spin <laughs> spins backwards instead of I don't yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird that he's left-footed. With Presley Harvin, though, like we talk about the history of the Steelers punters and like how terrible it is. Yeah. If he came out this year led the league in, in punting, in net punts and everything, and then hung up his cleat, said, I'm done. Mike drop. I was the best punter for one year. Would he be the best punter in Steelers history? One well, year as, as the, the top guy? Like, on, like, is that how bad this position's been? Yes, and everyone's going to bring up old man Colquitt who won the Super Bowls back in the day and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's one of those situations where I literally, I knew I was coming on because I messaged you guys. You guys were, talk, we were talking in the Slack channel today. And I literally was at the pool with my kids and I'm sitting there and they're jumping all over me like hyenas. And <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, who was the last legitimate punter the Steelers have had? Like legitimate. And I couldn't think of one. I literally, I, I knew that Jeffrey was going to name, some, I don't know, Dick Shiner probably kicked a few punts back in the day or Buzz Nutter. One of those two guys probably had a couple punts on their record, but still I'm like, Hey, this is unbelievable. I can't even think of a good punter. Because Josh Miller, I don't remember him being that great either. You know, he, I, he, I remember him he was for streaky, but yeah, he, there I, were some seasons he was really good. I remember him more for being on the radio and Bill Cowher yelling at him for sitting on his helmet. That's what I remember Josh Miller for um, yeah. and wearing his hat backwards, looking like a clown on the sideline. But I, yeah, I mean, Daniel Sepulveda, if he didn't have ACLs <laughs> made out of like paper mache, maybe he could have been okay. Uh, and what did they spend a fourth round pick on him out of Baylor? Yeah. Holy cow. And people are saying they wasted draft stock taking Presley Harvin, the second seventh round pick, the last pick. They're like, oh, they could have drafted someone else. If this guy's their starter and he's he wins the job and he does a good job, he's your punter for how many years? The next decade plus? Should. You should think so. I don't know. It's bad. Well, I want to I jump in because one of the things we're talking about is it's very hard to judge punters today against the past because like i was talking with michael uh daniel sepulveda after he came out like the times he was putting up for hang times and the distances he was getting they're common now yeah like then it was like holy crap nobody kicks this way nobody is this good of a punter in the nfl he's better than everyone we've seen punt in like history you know it's almost like the the steph curry you know kind of kind of thing where he comes out and he starts shooting threes and making them and then all of a sudden everyone else is is learning and being like, hey, we can do that too. It, the game has changed. Punting has changed. And the punters today, like you said, yeah, Jordan Berry does not rank well with punters across the NFL. But if you look at Steelers history, he looks incredible 
simply because over the last 10 years, punters have drastically improved. And I've learned more about punting since they drafted Presley Harvin. You, know, you listen to Danny Smith. He's talking about how it's not just the big leg. He's got to have more finesse inside you know, to pin him deep. And I hate, you know what I really hate is I feel like punters, the statistics, they should have a an inside the 20 statistic, which is justifiable, but then also an inside the 10. Like, show me, like, because if, if a Steelers drive stalls at the 50-yard line, inside the 20 is not good enough for me. That, that should be inside yeah. the 10. Like, let's set a new standard here, folks, and let's have inside the 10. That's impressive. Whatever happened to the coffin corner, too? Whatever happened to people trying to, like, go for the corners? That That's very rare. It's almost like the um, – I blame the Australians. I know some of them are in the live chat right now. They probably messed every – and, you know, Jordan Berry is Australian. It's nothing against the country or the continent itself. Well, it's, it's kind of strange. But anyways, um, it, it's that whole kicking the point of the ball, Aussie stuff. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, we do have a super chat here that I really want to bring up from Austin <laughs> Smith. He puts $5 in the tip jar, and he asks, if we can get Hallelujah performed live by one Jeff Hartman, if Jordan Berry gets cut by the end of camp. What do you say, Jeff? Would you do that for the people? First and foremost, th- that's Canadian dollars. That's not real $5. That's like fake. That's like Monopoly money. But anyways, I'll enter. <laughs> it goes idea. a long way up here. <laughs> <laughs> Canuck bucks is what we call it on the preview. Um, I'm not, I will perform. But I don't know. See, I read that. I saw it on live chat. I read it. I'm thinking, okay, if he week one, no, I can't do it week one because last year week one was Dustin Colquitt and the weasel boy finds his way back. So at what point can we seriously say the weasel boy's gone? Like, and, and he's not coming back. Like we got rid of the weasel. Like, is it the buy in week seven? Is it halfway through the seat? Well, there is no halfway point anymore. Stupid 17 games, but still, like where, what is the point? I'll gladly do a performance of something. Um, I'll pull out the guitar. I'll do it on Let's Ride. You have to tune in. I have no problem with that. Seriously. So, land down under. <laughs> That's uh, a hard day to say. I see that. <laughs> Oh. No, seriously, let's, let's talk about this. At what point do we say, okay, Jordan Berry's actually gone for good, barring injury? Considering last year, I almost want to say, like, the playoffs. Like, just, that, <laughs> it scares me a little bit, but honestly. <laughs> yeah, at what point is a punter too old to punt? Because I think Jordan Berry probably has to be – like, I was, I was sitting there thinking, yeah, if he gets picked up by another team. Oh, yeah. But, no, we've did. seen guys go to other teams, get cut, and come back. I mean, B.J. Finney's oh, doing no. it right now. Could you imagine so, three like, years from now? Oh, that would be like 2005 divisional game, epic change of emotion. I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Roller coaster. Oh, of no, emotion. we suck again. <laughs> Jordan Berry's oh. back. I quit. Okay. Uh, any teams taking applications for fans? Like, goodness me. <laughs> Jeez. I don't know. How can a team that has had this much success be that bad at a position? That's what I want to know. And it, and let's be honest, it's a pretty important position. It, it's, a, it's a holder most of the time. And w- when did the backup quarterback stop being the holder? I remember that all the time. Back Tony, yeah, Tony Romo, Romo. famous muffing the punt, muffing the, the uh, what was it, extra point or field goal against Seattle. I mean. I think it was an extra point. Yeah. Lost the game. Still, <laughs> yeah. Lost the game. It's crazy. I don't know. Josh Dobbs could learn to do it. Josh Dobbs is like, going mean, to make like, the team. And then if, he, yeah. then if he messes it up, he can run. Like, he can but run. he's not going to make the team. He's going to get cut. If Ben has a lot of sway, I don't know. They'll trade him to Jacksonville for a six-round pick again. <laughs> Could you imagine? 
<laughs> oh goodness me. Um, it is the halfway point of the show, though. I, I know Jeff only signed up for ten minutes, so uh, <laughs> if, if you want to run, you're welcome to stay. I don't think we're talking about punters for the second half, but uh, well, the, well, what are you guys talking about? Uh, I, I think we're kind of going to break down uh, some of the, the, the fun stuff that happened last week, right before the preview. Uh, mm-hmm. That that was super super easy to plan for. That we were definitely jealous of <laughs> going the day before all the news. <laughs> Not breaking. a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll I'll let y'all at it. They've heard me talk about that stuff before, but it was, it was good coming on. And uh, it's my first. I big fan of the show. Yeah, long time listener, first time caller. Um, <laughs> love the show. Standing guy. I grew up listening to those guys. Anyone else? No, not, not you, Michael. <laughs> Jeffrey, did you remember Standing Guy? Oh yeah, I love that. Love show. the show. Hey, Standing uh, Guy, first time, long time listener, show. first time caller. Love the show. All <laughs> before, right, guys, take it easy. Last thing though, Jeff, oh, before, before you're out of here, what's uh, what's going to be on the preview tomorrow night? Do, do you guys have a topic for the people? No clue. No, not at all. <laughs> we prep, I can tell you. I we can prep tell weeks you, for our shows. <laughs> I <laughs> we prep minutes. Um, I could tell you what's going to be on Let's Ride for Friday morning, but I oh, can't absolutely. tell you. I, there's going to be a bloke from down under come joining Uh-oh. me on Let's Uh-oh. Ride. So it's one of two. You'll not have to Jordan choose. Barry. Well, hopefully, no, 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 no. hopefully it's one of them, not the other one. But I actually would won't. love to interview Jordan Barry and say, like, I, I was just like, <laughs> you. No, I, I would say that I'm not a big fan, but still, I'd love to ask him <laughs> questions about, like, what's going on in your head. Like, when you shank a ball in front of 65,000 people, like, what's the first thing that goes to your head? That's all I want to know. When you walk right. back to the sideline, how do you even like live with yourself? <laughs> do you avoid Mike Tomlin, Danny Smith? How many pieces of gum does Danny Smith chew per quarter? Like these are things I want to know. <laughs> I'd like one of the Australian guys needs to get that interview set up. I'll do it. Gladly do it. All right, yeah. guys. I'll let you go. Go have a good rest of your show. Take awesome. Care. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We have a lot of fun here. Uh, but it is time to flip over to the second part of this show tonight. Uh, if you're listening on your podcast platforms, if it doesn't automatically switch for you, make sure to click over to part two. If you're on YouTube or Facebook, hang tight for the second half of the curtain call. 